You're listening to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Tuesday afternoon, and I'm really excited to welcome back on the program Andrew Dembina, our food and drinks correspondent. Andrew, it's great to speak to you. How are you doing? I'm doing very well today. I'm uh, for anyone who may be tuning in on Facebook Live. I'm the Invisible Man, sitting uh, at uh, a picture that I use for for food and drink Tuesday reports sometimes, which is overlooking a tea plantation in Hangzhou. Normally, <laughs> I would have myself superimposed over that, but but more more importantly, we do have someone that the uh, listener can see on there. Apart from your good self, Noreen, um, it's Craig Stambra, chief winemaker of Grant Burge. Uh, wines in the Barossa Valley, South Australia. So, uh, welcome to you this afternoon. Um, welcome, Craig. Craig. G'day, Andrew. G'day, Noreen. How are you? Very well, thank you. It's a bit uh, unnerving to be yeah. chatting with the Invisible Man here, Andrew. But that, that's yeah. all right. <laughs> uh, we have to remember we we are <laughs> yeah. live radio yes. first. But for those of our listeners who want to see Craig and perhaps ask a few questions about wine, then do join us on Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio Three. Well, before before we uh, speak to Craig directly about some questions that we've got prepared, just want to mention um, just ge- some general stats, really general at first. Australia is the seventh largest wine producer in the world, sitting between sixth place Chile and um, South Africa, um, which is in eighth place. And most of the wine made in the country is in the south of the country, with uh, one big exception over in Western Australia in the Margaret River area. We've spoken to um, uh, a winemaker or two over over the years from uh, from southern parts of Australia, but but today it's from the state of South Australia itself, uh, arguably the most uh, well thought of and prolific wine state in the country. Would you say so, Craig? That uh, that your state yeah, is, uh, is seen as. Uh... Yeah, I'm a bit biased, Andrew, uh, because I'm a South <laughs> uh, Australian yeah. wine and bread. So, but yeah, it, it's a great history, and you know we've been producing sort of nearly half of the the country's wine for a long time. So yeah, it's a fairly important state uh, for wine in Australia. There's no doubt about yeah. that. Right. Okay. And uh, you're working then for Grant Grant Burge, where you've been for nearly three decades. And uh, it's a very, among other things, it's a very interesting winery, wine producer, because it has been um, in the hands, uh, ownership wise, of the same family um, that can trace their origins to wine wine, uh, growing, to viticulture and wine producing in Australia over five generations. And that's pretty incredible for, um, you know, for, for a wine producing country from the new world, isn't it? It is. It is incredible, but it's not unusual, um, particularly in the Barossa where I'm from. There's, there's many families okay. here that have seven generations of grape growing and winemaking. I mean, we've, we've been going since, um, you know, the 1840s. So not me personally, of course, but um, yeah. the family has been going for a long, long time. But Certainly, yeah, Grant's family immigrated yeah. from England uh, in the 1850s and uh, started making wine then. But uh, you could probably speak to a, quite a few families in the Barossa and have the same story. So it gives you a bit of an, uh, an insight into the history of the region. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, it, it, why, why is it? I mean, what are the microclimate factors that make uh, the Barossa conditions so sought after and producing such highly um, uh, acclaimed and awarded wines? 
Look, I think you've got to look at the basics. The climate's pretty good for growing high-quality wines. Um, very ancient soils that aren't yeah. very sort of nutrient-rich, so that, that's great for Shiraz in particular. Um, and look, we've got just amazing history too. As I said, you know, there's 175 years of grape growing and winemaking, so there's so much knowledge and history, and I think that's that's part of the region's sort of great charm, I suppose. It's if you ever come to the Barossa, it's it's all about wine and food, um, and that's what the district does. But you know, in terms of grapes, it's just you know we have wet winters, we don't we have warm summers and dry summers, so you know disease pressure is really low. Um, you know, so it's just one of those great areas to grow fantastic premium grapes. Right, uh, Craig, you mentioned just now to produce right. grapes. That, it, knew- sorry, go on, Andrew. No, no, no. Go on, Lauren. You oh, go ahead. I was going to say, to produce grapes, you mentioned it relies sort of on ancient soil. How how ancient or how old are, are we talking about? Oh, some of the oldest soils in in the world, to be honest, in grape growing terms. Um, you know, up to fifty million years old. So, oh wow, that is ancient. Soils, yeah, um, not, not all <laughs> it is a bit, isn't it? Yeah, it is, it is a bit. Yeah. So we, you know, we've got some yeah. incredibly old soils, but as I said, they're, they're sort of you know, mostly clay-based and they're pretty nutrient-poor. So, you know, wine's never a overcrop or, a, you know, never shaded or it's just a great place to grow grapes. Mm. Go on, Andrew. Andrew, I think you're on mute. No, no, I'm here. I, I just couldn't hear you for a while. Oh. Um, I can hear you now. Um, okay. Um, it's, uh, I, I, I was going to, I'm not sure what I missed in the last few seconds there. I, I heard everything up until about 10 seconds ago. But um, I was going to say that not only are the soils very old, but also um, you do um, grow grapes on, on some of the oldest vines in the country. And you mentioned that... Uh, disease um, has been um, thankfully kept away from wine growing areas in the Barossa um, but uh, that means that you are able to uh, to utilize some of the oldest uh, vines in the country aren't you That's, um, and you're, you're making good use of those with some of your wines today aren't you Craig? No no we are and we, we're very lucky in in the Barossa in South Australia we've never had phylloxera which for those who don't know is yeah. a that sucking insect that sort of wiped out most of Europe but it never uh, in South Australia. It never crossed the border. It's in parts of other uh, parts of Australia, but never in South Australia. So we've got uh, probably the greatest collection of old vineyard on their own roots in the world, and even vines dating back to 1843 um, that are you know still in production. Uh, Grand Burge we source from vines that are planted in 1887, 1890, 1900, 1920. So. It's incredible when you wow. when you walk through those vineyards. We're about we're about to start harvesting very very shortly, and it's incredible to walk through those those old vineyards and realise the history and the stories that they could tell. Um, we're yeah. very lucky to have that sort of um, volume of seriously old vine material, whether it be Shiraz, Grenache, Cabernet. So yeah, very lucky. Well. And, and and just to, to explain then, when you do have a vine that that's that old, what does it do to the grape growing capacity? You obviously have a lot thicker um, uh, roots. Uh, you have you know wider reaching roots that are that are grabbing more minerals because they're going either deeper or wider into the soil that you have. You you have a thicker 
uh, vine plant itself. What about the grape? What does this mean in terms of the grapes? No, you're spot on. I think it's the 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 vine's ability to cope with you know heat, cold, some extremes. You know they got access to water much yeah. deeper. Um, you know they, they you know we we must think of them as living living things as well. So I'm sure they've got memories and they understand what to do when some things hit them. So. Um, but yeah, certainly in right. terms of they've lost their lost a lot of their vigor in a sense. So they probably don't produce the volume of fruit that some of the younger vines to do do. But the quality is amazing. Yeah. Um, they have this sort of X factor that's really hard to describe. Um, we, we probably see right. it as more of you know, more flavor without without being higher in alcohol or you know bigger bigger wines. They just have this amazing. Amazing balance. Okay, okay. Uh, just just changing the subject for a, a moment, uh, Craig. Um, th- there's w- one of your range that uh, that is available uh, in Hong Kong, which is a couple of notches up from the uh, entry level wines that with, that are also available here. Um, is called Barossa Inc. and that's because of its extremely dark uh, hue or colour, isn't it? Um, and yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. is it? it yeah, what what was the idea behind making something that was, uh, 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 which was almost you know the darkest purple, verging on black, but with glints of red? What was the idea behind that? Oh, look, it was just to showcase a bit what the Barossa can do with intensity without without losing some varietal flavour. Um, you know, it, you know mm. in Australia, I suppose it, it's quite a versatile sort of wine in the sense that it's it's strong enough to cope with lots of different things. Um, but, but, but yeah, initially it was yeah. just, you know, you get certain vineyards and certain sites that do produce pretty amazing intensity and colour and we, you know, we selected those to, to create that. So it, it's been a pretty interesting wine and, and it's been probably amazingly successful for us. We didn't realise how successful it would be. So, you know, as a, as a winemaker, you create wines, but you, you know, in the end you can create what you want, but if the... Yeah, the consumer or the public don't enjoy them. There's no point doing it. So, lucky for us, um, yeah. the consumers grab that, and um, and it's been really successful. So, um, right. We'll, we'll does the, have you does got, the intensity sort of you, come from the grapes, or does it sort of come from the barrel, or where does the intensity come from in terms of the flavour? A, a little bit of all sorts. Um, most mostly from the grapes. Um, you know, from from the skins. Um, and yeah. the barrel just adds some some intensity and sweetness to the to the wine as well, um, and just a little bit of um, Shiraz concentrate as well that just helps um, give it a little bit of extra sweetness as well. So there's a, there's a range of things that we do. It's all about it's all about getting the right balance. It's not as if you can put all these things together and hope it works. There's um, a lot of effort goes into getting that all those flavors in the right places. I suppose yeah. part of our job as a winemaker. One of the enjoyable parts, of course. Yeah. Very science. Yeah. Very have that scientific. In front of you? Sorry, sorry, I missed that. Yeah. Sorry, go on, Andrew. Uh, I was just wondering, Craig. Um, <clears throat> do you have any of that uh, wine in front of you uh, right now, by any chance, so that the uh, anyone who's tuning in on Facebook uh, Live could see how uh, how how very very dark that is? Sorry, I, I I haven't got that with me. I 
I raced okay. it. He drank it all. And I managed I managed to grab the most important one, which was so because I, I won't, I, won't yes. I, you know, I can take that home after this. <laughs> Right, right. Okay. Well, um, uh, I mean, okay. Talking of uh, the Mishas, um, which is uh, one of your four um, uh, icon wines. Why do you why do you call them icon wines? By the way, mm-hmm. yeah, there, there are four wines, and this is one of the great premium end wines of yours. Oh, icon is just um, it's probably a statement of the very best we can do out of those out of that vintage um, with a few different varietals. Okay. Um, you know, Meshach being being right. our flagship, right. I suppose. So that's the best Shiraz we can yeah. do of the season. So that's why they're called the Icon yeah. Icon right. Okay, sure. And you don't you you just mentioned, and you don't produce these um, unless you're absolutely uh, um, pleased, greatly pleased with the vintage, with the harvest from that particular year. Um, so the 2016 is the latest wine from the uh, Misach range. Uh, I was, uh, even though my, uh, for those who are tuning in on Facebook um, live, I, uh, I can't get any visuals today. I don't know if it's the signal, but, uh, but I, I, I was kindly uh, sent some of this uh, wine. And I was wondering if you could uh, just uh, talk us through a, uh, a, a taste of what makes this such a special um, refined Shiraz. Sure, you know, I certainly have a glass in front of me. Um, as I said, it is the best. It is the best wine that we can make of, of that variety out of the vintage. Most of the time, um, it comes from the hundred-year-old vineyards that we were talking about earlier. There's always a there's always a su- surprise in amongst it all. A younger vineyard. When I talk younger, I'm still talking 20, 30, 40 years old, um, which I still consider young. Um, yeah, um, and so. You know those 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 wines can find their way in there, but the sixteen was just one of those great vintage. And we got to remember that that you know winemaking still agriculture, so we rely on the weather enormously to give us a really good vintage. Um, and and sixteen was one of the regarded as one of the very very good vintages in the Barossa, and that's you know that is reflected in in the in the glass. I mean, if you've got it in front of you, Andrew, you can. I yeah, I do. Tell, the, the colour is pretty amazing already. It's not only the, the colour, but it's also the depth of colour, uh, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. Which is one of the great hallmarks it, it, of the Ross it, it really, I mean, we talked about your, um, you know, your almost black version, which was something, you know, of a different uh, price point and different range. Yeah. But but the uh, um, the message that we're talking about is, um, is it's it, again, it's almost purple. It's like a maroon slash purple um, and uh, it's 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 interesting. I I, I thought um, that um, I mean 2016. It's still Shiraz uh, or some other uh, red varietals. You can really sort of feel the tannic quality. It's a smooth tannin, but it, but you can really feel that uh, sort of um, you know little bit of uh, very pleasant uh, mouth coating feel from it. Um, um, yeah. it, 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 but it, but it seems like it's uh, actually it seems like it's an older wine than it really is in some ways because it's the, those tannins are so light. I think it's one of the one of the great things of Brussels Shiraz is um, without getting too technical, we, you know, we get ripe tannins, which which mean that they sit beautifully in the mouth. I mean, and the the, the wonderful thing about this is you know the aromatic profile is there's so much complexity. You know, whether it's red berries or cocoa yeah. or 
other bits and pieces. There, there's so mm. much going on, which is what we try and probably put yeah. together. So we, you know, there's nothing for me. If you can smell a glass and keep smelling different things, it's wonderful. Um, and you're right with the yeah. with the mouthfeel. Oh, sorry, I need to taste. I just really wanted yeah, to quickly ask sure. a few weird questions maybe when we're talking about the color we're talk we're referring to the depth and the flavor we refer to it as the intensity is that right when we're talking about wine yeah to a degree to a degree that's right i think intensity could mean also quite intense on the nose but probably for me intensity refers more to the palate and the um and you know how much how much fruit intensity how much tannin is there how much flavor that's probably more more about intensity but 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 sort of describes the overall wine i think in a sense oh that's good i'm glad it is intense but it's quite delicate isn't it craig i mean i've um i've had a car andrew we lost you there for a second but we do have one question from a listener uh do join us on facebook if you can noreen Mir on rthk radio 3 um Vinita says and craig perhaps you can you can answer this question have you seen an increase in demand for vegan wines in your region certainly certainly having a few more requests for vegan wines there's no doubt about that um and we've been playing with um different things to create vegan wines i mean Essentially, this this wine is a vegan wine anyway because we haven't added anything w- to this at all. I was so, going to say, wh- uh, how is wine not vegan? Um, generally, it's it's because of what we do, what we call finings. So that may be using egg white to find out tannins or oh. um, some other bits and pieces, maybe some um, eyes and glasses. Oh, yeah. Sort of, yeah, a fish, fish-derived. Fish-related. Um, Fish-related, yeah. So, and those things don't fish? make it vegan, although fish the, the amounts the that we use are absolutely tiny. I mean, um, you know, they're, they're minute um, and they don't stay in the wine, but by law we have to put them on the on the label. Um, but certainly, yes, we've been mucking around. There are some sort of protein, pea protein and potato-based findings that will, will possibly be used for... For, for doing that, but yeah, we tend to not use many findings at all. Um, try and keep it pretty natural, uh, and I think a lot of winemakers are going in that direction to a degree. Um, but certainly, yeah, look, there's there's demand demand for that. Certainly, demand for vegan wines. We're seeing that. Uh, I'm a f- yeah. I can I can see. We don't have a lot of time, do we, Noreen? No, we don't. We've got 30 seconds. So I might just ask Craig to very kindly uh, uh, tell us how can we follow your work on social media? Uh, there's, there's Twitter and uh, Facebook as well. But probably just go to the Grant Burge website and you can probably have a look at all the detail, all the detail there. Um, that'll keep you up to date with what we're doing. Um, and uh, we'll try and keep, keep that. Um, through the vintage updated so people can sort of follow and see what's happening because as I said we're we're about to start tonight uh, tonight is the, the start of harvest so it's a very very exciting time ah, how exciting good luck yeah, yeah wishing you the very best Craig thank you so much for joining us this afternoon really learned a, a lot from you and, and thank you so much for your sharing uh, with us this afternoon and that's Craig Stansborough the chief winemaker of Grant Burge Winery in Barossa Valley uh, one of Australia's best known wine regions thank you very much uh, uh, for your time today Craig thank you Dory. thank you Andrew thank you and thanks very much to Andrew Dambina thank for you joining very much, us Craig. and